Hi everyone, I'm Dave. And I'm Marvin. It's day 154, and this is God's Big Story. It's a story. It's big. Never boring. No way. For his glory. Always. It's God's Big Story. So welcome back everyone, and today is one of those exciting days that we get to start a brand new book of the Bible. Hi everyone! Nobody knows what he's gonna ask now, it's Marvin the Friendly Curious Cow. So, a new book, huh Dave? Yep, we're going to start the book of Esther. Now, we're going to be reading four books that happened while the Israelites were in exile in Babylon. So we finished Daniel, next we're going to read Esther, and after that come Ezra and Nehemiah. Oh, okay. Now, it's a little bit confusing because three of those books sort of overlap a bit and the stories are happening at the same time. So, well, I've actually asked the professor to come in and talk us through it. It's Professor Westminster. 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 Hi, everybody! <laughs> okay, Professor, so off you go. Okay, yeah, well, here we go. So, we started with Nebuchadnezzar, yeah? You know, he had the dream and built the big statue. Okay, yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah, so then the Bible talks about his son, Belshazzar. Okay, yeah, the guy who used God's cups and saw the writing on the wall. Yes, that's right. Now, actually, Belshazzar was not Nebuchadnezzar's son, yeah? There were maybe four kings between Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar, so Belshazzar was actually his grandson. Oh, okay. Well, Professor, how come the Bible says son? Ah, well, back in those days, to say someone was the son of Nebuchadnezzar just meant that Nebuchadnezzar was further up the family tree, yeah? He was their ancestor. Okay, yeah, so, so far we had Nebuchadnezzar, four more kings, and then Belshazzar. And then next came Darius, right? The guy who threw Daniel into the lion's den. Ah, well, what happened was, after Belshazzar, the Babylonians got taken over by people called the Medes and the Persians. Now, the Persian Empire was absolutely huge! So, after Belshazzar, the main guy was the King Cyrus, yeah? But he put Darius in charge of Babylon. So Darius was a governor, not the king of the whole empire. Now, when Cyrus is in charge of the whole Persian empire, and Darius is in charge of Babylon, Cyrus lets some of the Jews go back to Jerusalem to start rebuilding it, yeah? And so they get to work on the walls. And we'll read about that in the first six chapters of Ezra. Oh, okay. Now, after Cyrus came his son, followed by a different King Darius, and then we get to King Xerxes. And that is when we get to today's story in Esther. Oh gosh, that's a lot of kings, Professor. I'm not sure I got it all. Okay, so let's make it simple. Babylon kings go Nebuchadnezzar down to Belshazzar. After that comes the Persians. First it's Cyrus and his friend Darius, and after a couple of more kings we get to Xerxes. And that's where we are today in the book of Esther. Okay, so Babylonians to Persians, and here comes Xerxes. Yeah, thanks, Professor. So, Marvin, as we read Esther, Daniel's story has come to an end, 
And Ezra's story has already started. There's stuff happening back in Jerusalem. But for the next 10 days, we're going to stay in Babylon and read this story in the book of Esther. Okay, got it. Yeah, so who's reading today? Today, it's our friend Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Hello, folks. Today's reading is from Esther chapter 1. Firstly, from verses 1 to 5, and then from verses 10 to 22. So, verses 1 to 5. King Xerxes ruled over the 127 territories in his kingdom. They reached from India all the way to Cush. Here is what happened during the time Xerxes ruled over the whole Persian kingdom. He was ruling from his royal throne in the fort of Susa. In the third year of his rule, King Xerxes gave a feast. It was for all his nobles and officials. The military leaders of Persia and Media were there. So were the princes and the nobles of the territories he ruled over. Every day for 180 days he showed his guests the great wealth of his kingdom. He also showed them how glorious his kingdom was. When those days were over, the king gave another feast. It lasted for seven days. It was held in the garden of the king's courtyard. It was for all the people who lived in the fort of Susa. Everyone from the least important person to the most important was invited. And now we'll move on to verses 10 to 22. On the seventh day, Xerxes was in a good mood because he had drunk a lot of wine. So he gave a command to the seven officials who served him. They were Mehuman, Bizda, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zedar and Carcass. King Xerxes told them to bring Queen Vashti to him. He wanted her to come wearing her royal gown. He wanted to show off her beauty to the people and nobles. She was lovely to look at. The attendants told Queen Vashti what the king had ordered her to do, but she refused to come. So the king became very angry. It was the king's practice to ask for advice about matters of law and fairness. So he spoke with the wise men who understood what was going on at that time. They were the men closest to the king. Their names were Karshina, Shethar, Admatha, Tarshish, Meres, Marcina and Memukan. They were the seven nobles of Persia and Media. They were the king's special advisers and the most important men in the kingdom. You know the law, the king said. What should I do to Queen Vashti? She hasn't obeyed my command. The officials told her what I ordered her to do, didn't they? Then Memukan gave a reply to the king and the nobles. He said, Queen Vashti has done what is wrong, but she didn't do it only against you, King Xerxes. She did it also against all the nobles, and she did it against the people in all the territories you rule over. All the women will hear about what the queen has done. Then they won't respect their husbands. They'll say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought to him, but she wouldn't come. Here is what will start today. The leading women in Persia and Media who have heard about the Queen's actions will act in the same way. They'll disobey all your nobles, just as she disobeyed you. They won't have any respect for their husbands. They won't honour them. So if it pleases you, send out a royal order. Let it be written down in the laws of Persia and Media. Those laws could never be changed. Let the royal order say that Vashti can never see you again. Also let her position as queen be given to someone who is better than she is. And let your order be announced all through your entire kingdom. Then all women will have respect for their husbands, from the least important to the most important. The king and his nobles were pleased with that advice. 
so he did what Mimukin had suggested. The king sent messages out to every territory in the kingdom. He sent them to each territory in its own writing. He sent them to every nation in its own language. The messages announced that every man should rule over his own family using his own language. Thanks, Andrea. Mm, Dave, this Xerxes guy seems, mm, well, kind of a grump. Yep, so they'd been feasting for a week, so Xerxes had probably had too much wine, and he demands that his queen comes out and stands in front of everyone so that he and his drunk friends can all stare at her, and unsurprisingly, she doesn't really fancy that. Well, yeah, and then he gets all mad. He does, and he makes his rule that she can never see him ever again. It's pretty harsh, Dave. Yep, Xerxes thinks that everyone should do exactly what he wants them to, exactly when he wants them to do it. And as he was king of the biggest empire in the world, well, that's probably what happened almost all of the time. Well, still, it's not very nice. It's not. And you know, whether we're a king or the poorest of all people or anywhere in between, we need to treat people, all people, like they're important. Because everyone you ever meet, Marvin, has been made by God. They're his creation. I mean, Marvin, imagine you drew a lovely picture and you worked on it really hard and you were really careful and you were really proud of it. You loved it. Okay, yeah. And then imagine I came in and just scrumpled it up and threw it in the bin. Mm, You might get a swift hook to the snackler region, Dave. Well, exactly. You would be sad and probably a bit annoyed because, well, it was your creation. You made it. You loved it. Yeah. Well, God cares about his creation, his people, much more than you would care about that drawing. And so if we're going to be mean or treat someone badly, we need to remember that we're treating someone God loves very much that way. And that definitely does not make God happy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'd never thought of it like that before. Boys and girls, can you think of any of God's creation, his people, that you've treated badly? Someone you've said or done something to that wasn't very nice? Maybe someone in your family or a friend. Maybe someone you don't like very much. But remember, God made them all. And so maybe you need to go and say sorry today or sometime soon. And today, ask God to help you to treat the people around you the way you would like to be treated. The way God would like you and all those people to be treated. Okay. Yeah, Dave, I think I might need to go and speak to Hector. Okay, Marvin. Sounds like a good plan. And, well, that'll do it for today. So let's say goodbye and we'll be back tomorrow to finish up week 31. Okay, yeah. Well, bye, everyone. See you then. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. God's Big Story is a ministry of Eden Grove Presbyterian Church. Music and jingles by Dave Josh.